Hi, this is Dave, and we're doing Letters from Comb from a B&B in Blanding. Uh, don't be surprised if you hear uh, pounding on the door, kids running by my door screaming, um, dogs barking at passersby, and uh, all the other stuff that you might find in a B&B in a rural place like this. We're going to do episode four, which we're going to entitle The Circle of Life. We're going, to, we're going to talk about two characters and two incidents that tie themselves all together in some strange way on Combe Ridge. There's that energy and things there start at the end and end at the beginning and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about when we put these stories together. William Posey is the Anglo name of a son born to a Paiute father and a Mexican mother sometime around 1863 on Navajo, Navajo Mountain in southern Utah. The small, thin boy later moved to the high desert near what is called Blanding now, used to be called Grayson, in an area that the Utes call the Land of the Mists. The Paiutes and Utes were frequently at war with the Navajos in this territory and they had very little contact with whites until the Mormons showed up with the San Juan River Expedition. That's also known as the Hole in the Rock Expedition. The members from that uh, expedition settled in Bluff after their, their epic Hole in the Rock debacle. And soon they were, they were at odds with the, with the uh, local natives over hunting rights. This led to some cattle rustling and then to some fighting and uh, things went from good to not so good rather quickly. Posey could be recognized by an army buckle that he wore on his vest. Uh, it was a souvenir of, of some of that skirmishing. Mancus Jim was a Paiute chief whose leading warriors were his son Polk and Posey. Posey and Polk were childhood friends. The Mormon leaders in the area were starting to get a little bit nervous because they were always being watched by the natives and they so they requested federal troops. Patrols were sent in. Everyone was cordial until Posey saw that the soldiers had Navajo guards and Navajo scouts. So Posey set a trap for the patrol at the San Juan River where he used his war dogs to finish off a couple of wounded soldiers. In June of 1887 at the trading post in Rincon, Posey and Polk held off a Navajo war party of eight who were attacking a white woman. So there's kind of a, a Robin Hoodish. Thing going on there with, with Posey. Um, he, he was a rough man who occasionally did very noble things. Posey married Polk's sister, who we believe her name was Tora, and they had two sons. He accidentally shot Tora in 1892, and it was something he, he uh, struggled with for a long time. It was very tragic for him. Before she died, they reportedly lived in the blues in the summer, in the blue mountains, the Abajos, in the summer, 
and in the winters they came down to the bluff area. Posey later shot down a, a U.S. deputy marshal who was under a flag of truce, and um, things from that point got started to get worse and worse and worse. When Mancus Jim decided to be uh, be peaceful, Posey broke off and continued to raid and, and harass the whites. In 1905, Grayson was founded. Grayson was the original name for Blanding. And when that was founded, it put additional pressure on the hunting lands. So the raids and the skirmishes went on and on for over 10 years. Until one night, the son of Polk, Senegat, ambushed and killed a Mexican, a Mexican man for his money. Pope and Posey fled into the mountains, into the Blues, or the Abajos, and they fought off two very large posses. The U.S. Army was called in, and General Hugh Scott met with Posey at Mexican Hat. Posey, Polk, and Senegat surrendered and were sent to Salt Lake City and jailed, and then released, or at least uh, Polk and Posey were released, Senegat went to prison. In February of 1923, two Paiute youths were found guilty of breaking into a sheep camp. But after the trial and blanding, Posey and six braves waylaid the sheriff and freed the prisoners. According to the Anglos, a prisoner grabbed Sheriff Oliver's gun and tried to shoot Sheriff Oliver, but it misfired three times. They, uh, they were pursued by six men in a Model T. Posey stopped the Model T by shooting it with his 30 odd six rifle, a surplus weapon that he had. A horseback posse was sent out to round up all the Indians, and they were successful in rounding up almost everyone except Posey, who escaped with a bullet in his butt. All Utes and Paiutes were incarcerated in a barbed wire stockade that was built especially for them in downtown Blanding. Posey hung on for a few days, but gangrene set in while, while he was hiding in a cave in Comwash, and he died on he died in uh, March of 1923. The Utes believed that uh, he didn't die from his gunshot wound. They, they believe that he ate poisoned flour that was sent by the Mormons. This event is now known as the Posey War. Despite the testimony of the U.S. sheriff who found and buried Posey, locals dug up his body at least three times to verify the fact that he was dead and for a photo op to pose with the body. Later, the body disappeared. Back in 1880, when the San Juan River Expedition rolled into the Bluff area, it's very possible that Posey made an acquaintance of, a, of an interesting father and son duo with the last name Haight, H-A-I-G-H-T.
Isaac Chaucey Haight must have had to fight himself to keep from cursing God when he first saw San Juan Hill, the last major obstacle for the Hole in the Rock expedition. That six-week shortcut had turned into a six-month nightmare in which they blazed a wagon, wagon road through solid sandstone at Hole in the Rock, then descended the 1,800-foot cliff of Clay Hills, detoured north around the Grand Gulch, and then finally ended up in a location called Rincon, which is Spanish for corner, where they found Comb Wash and Comb Ridge meeting the San Juan River. To ascend the ridge, they labored for days making a wagon road up San Juan Hill, weakened by past barriers, heavy loads, constant pulling and lack of food. It proved too much for some of the animals and some of them died there right on the hill. Once they got past Comb Ridge, they settled in bluff rather than subject themselves to the last 20 very easy miles to their destination, Montezuma Creek. We don't know if Isaac walked up on his own two feet or rode up San Juan Hill, hiding in his place in the back of the hate wagon. Why did he have a hiding place in the wagon? What was he hiding from? Haight was born in 1813 and died in Thatcher, Arizona in 1886. He was an early convert to the Mormon church. He married his first wife, Eliza, and they had a son, Caleb. Haight was a self-educated school teacher who became the constable of the Mormon city of Nauvoo, Illinois, and was frequently a bodyguard of Mormon prophet Joseph Smith. He emigrated to Utah in 1847, and in 1852, he was appointed to the territorial legislature and became the first mayor of Cedar City. He had also been ordained as the stake president, which is a religious calling, and became commander of the 2nd Battalion, the 10th Regiment of the Territorial Militia. At the time, a conflict often called the Utah War was starting to brew. Troops had been dispatched to Utah from the east. George Albert Smith, a Mormon leader, had visited southern Utah to order preparations for war with the United States. Additionally, an army of 600 federal troops were reportedly operating in the mountains just east of Cedar City. And along comes the the Baker-Fancher wagon train. The Baker-Fancher wagon train was on its way to California from Arkansas, passing through Cedar City. And they were assumed to be hostile by locals. A series of attacks on the wagon train began on September 7th, 1857, perpetrated by members of the Utah Territorial Militia together with some Southern Paiutes. The party had surrendered, but on the 11th of September, on orders from Isaac Haight, 123 unarmed members of the Baker-Fancher party were murdered. Federal investigation of the incident was delayed by the Civil War. In 1870, Brigham Young had excommunicated Haight and eight others, and Haight went into hiding with his son Caleb. 
He remained a federal fugitive with a $500 bounty on his head until his death. Only John D. Lee stood trial and was convicted, and he was executed by a firing squad on March 23, 1877. Meanwhile, Isaac Haight was welcomed back into the church, and in 1879, he was asked by the church to take, to take part in what uh, would be called the Hole in the Rock Expedition. It's the San Juan River Expedition. His son drove the wagon while Isaac hid in a concealed space in the back of the wagon. Reaching the Colorado River, the wagon train scouts saw a possible route through a break in the far side and a narrow chute on the near side of the river. The party spent several months at hard labor widening, building anchors and tracks to assist the descent of the wagons down to the Colorado to make the crossing. On January 26, 1880, some of the party down climbed while others roped down with the wagons with full brakes on. Everyone made it safely, but what they found was that the difficulty increased, actually increased on the far side. It just the, the territory made it impossible to get to the San Juan River. The party eventually bypassed Grand Gulch to the north, and then scouts found Salvation Knoll. They climbed Salvation Knoll and they saw, they looked to the south and saw an easy slope to Comb Wash, where they, where they disappointingly encountered their final challenge. San Juan Hill. And as I mentioned before, it was really the straw that broke the camel's back. They got over San Juan Hill with some difficulty and they settled in Bluff, 20 miles away from their the destination that they'd been trying to get to for six months. Yep, they settled in Bluff, right smack dab in the middle of Indian country. Like I said, on Comb, we start at the end and we finish at the beginning. 